Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. U-Turn friends, it's Ashley here, and we have another week of magic on the U-Turn podcast. I wanted to bring Valentina Caladina onto the show. She started her career as a journalist working for all sorts of media outlets like AFP in Paris, which having lived in Paris for four years is so special to me. Um, And it was followed for her by seven years of consulting as a partner at Strakitsa Consulting in London. Uh, After obtaining her MBA from CEIBS Business School, she joined CastBox to help drive growth for the company. She's currently heading up CastBox's business development and podcaster relations. And in May 2022, she was elected as a board member for the podcast Academy. She's really passionate about business and entrepreneurial podcasts. She's a really big fan of everything that helps content creators monetize their content. And I'm really excited to bring her on here because, first of all, I was just doing some research on podcasting. And right now, there's around, you know, at least by the end of 2023, around 464.7 million podcasts. And um, this is by the end of 2023. By the end of 2024, we're expecting around 40 million more shows. Um, I do not think that podcasting has peaked yet. Um, And I am really excited to talk to her about this because I think if you had this thing in your heart and soul to start a podcast, um, it's really cool that she's working over at CastBox. If you listen to podcasts on Apple all the time, I can't recommend you check out CastBox enough. And that's why I wanted to have her come on. So, Valentina, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What? So, okay. I feel like I've been following you because I lived in Paris. I went to university in London. So we're just following each other around. I'm into podcasting. You're into podcasting. Um, tell me a little bit about what is the fascination for you? Why do you think podcasting matters so much right now? Um, and why have you devoted so much of your career to it? Well, it's great to finally meet you, first of all. And um, yeah, I totally agree podcasting as um, an amazing industry. Um, I'm a journalist by my background. I used to work in journalism and I'm a trained journalist. I did uh, both two, my, two degrees in journalism. And, um, and then I pivoted into consulting. And after that... I was, you know, trying to find my passion. And at some point I decided I want to go back to media. And I'm so glad I ended up in podcasting because that was never actually my purpose to to work in podcasting. But I'm just really happy that it happened to be like that. Um, I was looking for, you know, working in mobile internet and in media. Uh, I was looking at something at the intersection of these two things. And I met CastBox founders, and they were amazing. Uh, we were on the same page, and I joined CastBox. And this is how I started my journey in podcasting almost five years ago. Um, and I think it's really 
it's an amazing part of media industry because it's really on the edge of innovations because in podcasting we have all this tech all this tech related to platforms uh we got the most advanced ad insertion we got more, more most advanced um you know production facilities so this is like very this is something something very innovative um and that attracts me personally mm beautiful okay so i think a lot of people listening um you know they're pursuing their degree they've pursued their degree and or maybe not and and they want to be in a startup or they want to be in a booming business kind of like castbox like uh, five years ago, Castbox was pretty much in the rise of podcasting. I know that podcasting was very different five years ago. It's growing a lot. Um, what would be your advice for someone who wants to get into the startup space, um, wants to get into an innovative brand like Castbox, um, and they don't really know how to kind of get noticed or stand out? Like it, it sounds like you met these co-founders and created a relationship and were able to join their team. So I imagine a lot of people listening would love to create some sort of situation like that. Um, how did you make that happen? My friend, are you ready to stay hydrated this summer? I have something for you. Grapefruit salt from Element. It's L-M-N-T. Because healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water. It's about water and electrolytes. It makes sense. You lose both water and sodium when you sweat, and both of those need to be replaced to prevent muscle cramps, headaches, energy dips throughout the day. But most people only replace the water. So why is that? Well, since the 1940s, we've been told to drink eight glasses of water per day, thirsty or not. But drinking beyond your thirst is a bad idea. It actually dilutes your blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium, which leads to headaches, low energy, cramps, confusion, or worse. So this low sodium situation called hyponatremia is super common among endurance athletes. And the solution is not to stop drinking water either. It's to drink water with electrolytes. That is where LMNT, my favorite brand for electrolytes, has you covered. So former research biochemist Rob Wolf and Keto Gains co-founder Louis Villasenor formulated Element to provide the optimal ratios of sodium, potassium, and magnesium for health, performance, and energy. They also formulated Element to please your palate. It tastes so good. Try orange salt, citrus salt, watermelon salt, or you can experiment with five other flavors like this summer's grapefruit. I even like to put Element's chocolate flavor into my coffee in the morning sometimes. So Element just gave us a really fun offer. All you have to go do is head on over to drinkelement.com slash Ashley Stahl. That's D-R-I-N-K. L-M-N-T dot com slash A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L to receive a free sample pack of every flavor with your first purchase. My personal favorite is the watermelon and the lime. Again, that's drinkelement.com slash Ashley Stahl. Your salty little summer starts now. It was actually a hard, hard work. Uh, yeah. Uh, before meeting Casbox team, I did a lot of networking. I knew that I wanted to work in mobile internet um, slash media. So I networked with uh, so many tech companies who uh, had this departments uh, who were running, you know, mo mobile internet 
uh, teams. Uh, and at that, at that point of time, I was in China, and China is famous for being mobile first country, you know, of the population. When they go online, first device that they use is a mobile phone, and China is a manufacturer of all the handsets, including iPhones. So that's why, you know, there in China, there are, there is lots of, uh, capabilities, uh, in this domain. And when I was looking for these opportunities, I networked with so many companies with Xiaomi, with Huawei, Tencent, Alibaba, all sorts of things. And, um, only after half a year, probably of this heavy networking, I went to all the conferences. I was trying to reach out to alumni through my business school network. I went, um, you know, to all sorts of meetups. Um, and I was trying to create as many opportunities as possible. Mm. Uh, and I was not aware at that time, uh, that Castbox exists. And just all of a sudden, you know, we networked in the same, you know, circles and we met like this. I love this because I feel like it is a numbers game, you know, and I think people sometimes hear people and they're like, I networked and this happened. And it's like, well, for me, my networking journey, when I worked in counterterrorism in my twenties, I left London. I was a graduate student. I networked my face off. I probably went to 200 coffee meetings, if not more, um, in 2012, 13, I don't even remember 20, no, like 2010, um, and it changed my life, but it was incredibly uncomfortable. Was there something that you learned around how to communicate when you are networking? Um, was there some sort of approach you took that you think really, um, benefited in your favor? And then I want to ask you some questions about Castbox and podcasting as well. One piece of advice is elevator pitch helps. Yeah. Um, and it's, very short normally is just 30 seconds to one minute. Um, because normally when you do this, uh, networking, you don't have much time, you know, to present yourself. So what I did, I had this elevator pitch with two or three, you know, items to highlight, um, on my career, on my experience. I was telling that, all right, I'm here in Asia. I'm looking for jobs in mobile internet. Uh, what can I bring to the table? Like, I have experience in business development. I have experience being an entrepreneur. So that's why I have this entrepreneurial mindset. And also I have uh, worked in media in Europe. And um, this was that was it. So, you know, it was just trying to uh, build an image, a picture, you know, so people can memorize me. And once they have this opportunity, they were like, okay, we need someone to develop our business overseas. Uh, we need someone who works in media and we need someone who has business development experience. And um, yeah, so I was trying to make this concise, but very, very memorable. Okay. So I feel like um, those of you who haven't read my book yet, I talk about elevator pitch. It's one of my favorite topics. And I go through the four components that I think exist. So I'd love your feedback on this, but I think it's your story. I call it your story, your cuff, your skill, and your goal. So your story is kind of like what ties you as a person to your career. So if somebody says, tell me about you, it's like, well, my whole life, I've always been interested in words and sharing stories. 
um, ever since I was a kid. Like I would get lost in the library and books and stories and I'd talk to people. So I think like painting a picture of who you've always been and tying it to your career can be really powerful or just sharing your career history um, in a way that's compelling, right? So it's like the past five years, I've fallen in love with um, media and and working throughout Europe. So whatever your story is. And then I think your cuff um, often can be like a humble brag, like, you know, I'm I'm bilingual. And that was really relevant when I worked at the Pentagon. So saying like, you know, I've also been working on my bilingual language skills, speaking French fluently, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and then your skill, I think, has been about really sharing what is the one skill that they want you to have? So I'm imagining that at CastBox, when you were talking to them, it was like, okay, they need somebody who has media experience. And there's probably a skill beneath that of like building relationships, expanding businesses. So it's like being able to share that you have that skill saying something like, you know, I've been, I've gotten really good feedback on my ability to build relationships. And I'm really excited to continue that. And then your goal is usually getting an opportunity saying, so right now I'm looking to transition into media or um, get a new role or something like that. Is there something that you included in your elevator pitch that I didn't just cover just for anyone listening? That was amazing. Thanks. uh, Yeah, I love that. Um, No, I think that's very, that's, that's amazing. That's everything uh, that was, yeah, that was there. Perfect. Okay. So for anyone listening, I would recommend if you haven't read my book, check it out. If you're not interested in that, just take some notes. Think about your elevator pitch. Um, okay. So Valentina, I, I feel like you, CastBox has really taken off in the past five years. Like it's grown so much and you're probably very much so at the forefront of that. Um, what are some things that you think everyone should think about when starting a podcast? Um, or even like, why should they start a podcast? Because I think a lot of people are seeing this take off. I know that 78%, I was just reading some data, 78% of the US population knows that podcasts are a thing. They know that they exist. Um, so the, the idea of podcasting is very present for so many. Um, why should somebody get started doing one? I think there are two main uh, situations you can think of. Uh, so first of all, you are starting a podcast is a tool um, that helps probably to connect and to uh, stay in touch with your community. Uh, if you have an existing business and if you're a celebrity or if you're an influencer, you want to stay in touch with your circle, with uh, your followers. Uh, you want to keep them updated on what's going on in your life, in your, again, professional career. And podcasting is a great medium that so you cannot obviously talk to the thousands of people every week but once you release an episode you can connect to them and you can share your ideas uh it's much more in-depth than you would be doing uh compared to the post on social so it this is like much more in-depth um conversation let's let's call it conversation um so the second uh, the second situation I would say and I think this is also very valid uh and I met a lot of podcasters who started their shows um out of passion so for instance you you are into something into cycling or into into I met a guy who was into abandoned buildings 
And he started his podcast uh, because this was his passion. He was writing a blog about uh, abandoned buildings. For some reason, he was attracted to this. So I, uh, I'm a big believer that once you start something creative, when uh, when it's your you know piece of content um, that you really inspired by. Um, you can totally start it out of your passion, and um, I I disagree to many of you know the um, people in podcasting who say you need to test your audience, you need to test your you know if there is a market for this type of content. I would say it's still uh, if you feel strongly about something, if you have like your inner spark, just go for it, and then you will find the same people who are as nerdy about cycling as you or as nerdy about abandoned buildings as you. Okay. I love this. I think that there is a niche for everything. I met a woman in a business group once who had like a best-selling website for dog toy, like dog figurines. So like, and it was specifically Scottish terriers. Like she was obsessed with them and and she was making like a million dollars a year selling these little figurines. So there is a niche for everything. It's a really big world. Um, a lot of people are curious, should they start a podcast for personal branding? Should they start it, um, you know, as an, as a business tool? Um, is there a different medium that's better for them? How do you decide that podcasting is the way to go? Um, and then I want to ask you a lot about growing a show, because I know that there's a lot of podcasters, especially ones that I've met where they're just like, yeah, it's organic. It just grows. And that feels kind of powerless for me because I'm like, I want to do something to help my show. Um, so I would love your feedback on, on that as well. Like why podcasting as far as like for a business tool for personal branding and, and how do you grow it? My friend, are you ready to launch your own podcast? Now more than ever is the time to start. Since I launched the U-Turn podcast in 2018, I've grown this show to hit the top charts, and we've even been so grateful to bring in over six figures in sponsorship deals nearly every year. And we have amazing conversations with top leaders and experts, as you know, and I just can't believe to this day that I get to have this much fun and that the show gets to support my business with sponsors we love that we get to share with you about. I'm so enamored by the fact that I get to have this much fun and impact while being paid to do it. And I want the same for you. So if the idea of you doing the same, creating a podcast, monetizing it and making an impact feels exciting, and expansive, you're in the right place. And I want to share with you that my podcast launch course is coming. But in the meantime, I wanted to give you a complimentary, very detailed launch checklist filled with prompting questions to get you clear on your show, tactical action items, and everything else that you don't forget anything, as well as the creative ideas to market and launch with impact. So what I have here is more than just a free checklist. It's the beginning of your future as a fellow podcaster. I really want this for you if you have the inspiration I did. So head on over to ashleystall.com slash checklist, and you can get this tool that's totally free. Again, that's ashleystall.com slash checklist for my free checklist to start your podcast and launch with love. What I normally say, you 
your energy is limited, your time is limited. So when you are deciding to start something to um to go to go to go out to this uh, into the world and to run uh, to write a blog or to uh have your facebook page just you have to think about first what your business is about and um, there are a few things to take into consideration because you cannot be present everywhere you your time is limited. You have to probably pick one or two or maximum three platforms because uh, it's, again, you have to be invested and you have to do this regularly. So I would say if you have visual aspect to your business, let's say if you're an actress or a model, uh, definitely do other, like start with other platforms that um, where you can show off the visual part of your business if you're um if you're running a restaurant if you're you know if you're making some uh craft um then yeah definitely start with visual platforms but if you don't have anything visual uh you are in consulting or in um you do your recruiting agency you are tax consultant whatever whatever if you're if you are in services so podcasting is probably a good medium for that but um also it's not again it's not the silver bullet uh you may have you you may want to consider you know newsletters uh new, newsletters are you know they they may require you know, more attention and more energy to, to write and to create. But at the same time, you know, there, there are some benefits uh, there as well. You know, you can um, have this more direct connection to your audience. So, yeah, there, there are a few things to take into account. And definitely not everyone has to have a podcast. Okay, so while there's different mediums for different approaches. Let's say somebody listening right now wants to get started with a podcast. Um, this is something that my team is really focused on helping people with, whether we're creating courses or stuff like that, because we just really, really, really want to help people with this. Um, how do you grow it? Because I think a lot of people feel kind of powerless. Like I'm, I'm not an influencer. I don't have 20,000 followers or whatever it is. Who's going to listen to my show? What would you say are some like innovative steps or even some mistakes like do's and don'ts to growing your show? Um, so there's actually an endless topic. So I would stick to probably three, uh, oh. you know, mo most common, uh, most useful piece of advice. Um, first, we normally grow with the help of others. So definitely, if you haven't done any collabs with other creators, go for it. You can even record an episode together with someone who is... Who has a podcast on a similar topic you can record an episode and you even can drop it to your feed and to their feed and then you can reshare and cross-pollinate each other like this um, so second thing um, which is important you got to work with the platforms and because platforms eventually you know they have all the audience uh, and there are so many platforms in this world there is uh, if we're talking about developed markets such as the U.S. and the U.K., it's still 50-50. It's not just Apple uh, podcast out there. So 
half of the population, they are using iOS devices, and the other half is using Android devices. So just think about your growth through this lens. You definitely have to be present on Apple Podcasts because this is access to iOS device users, and you definitely have to be present on Android um devices through platforms that are relevant to Android, such as, you know, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox. There are so many uh, apps out there. Um, so yeah, this is second. And the third one, I would say it's very helpful to work with the offline communities. Um, it's not necessary that they may be re- uh, dedicated podcast listeners, but they may be interested in your topic. Uh, and I'm a big believer that you can connect with these people through different meetups. So you can go to um, events, uh, you can find them on Meetup, on Eventbrite, or on Locals. So there are so many offline events out there, especially after the pandemic. People think that it's really important to uh, connect with other people, with other human beings in real life. So, uh, And then people form groups that are interested in a particular topic. Okay. So I love that you talked about cross-pollinating because I think it's so fun to build relationships and help people with what you've built. It's such, such a generous way to connect. And I also feel like a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves, well, what if I only have a thousand listeners? Who do I cross-pollinate with? Is this going to take forever? How do I get a pop? Um, Do you have any thoughts on like, how can somebody approach um, another podcaster? You know, maybe they go to a meetup. I mean, obviously if like Joe has a million downloads a month and Sally has a thousand, she's going to feel a little bit like it's, it's not the right fit to be asking Joe for his hard earned million followers to hear about her show. How do you cross pollinate and collaborate in a way that's generous? How do you find the right people? I love example. Uh, let's say you have a podcast about parenting and your like your target audience are moms and the other podcast is about parenting and their target audience are dads. And uh, this will be you don't have again, those podcasts don't have to be huge. Uh, just do your homework, try to, like, there are so many podcasts out there and you can definitely find someone who's complementary to you, to your topic. Um, like if you are doing board games podcasts, like go and pitch to the same, uh, to the same kind of people, to the same community. So try to find that is, um, what is relevant what is the same, um, and just try to be creative, I guess. A couple other things is um, finding communities. So how do you, where do you recommend people start to look? Like, let's say they just are starting a podcast now. Um, Where can they look to find a community? Um, Does CastBox have a community? Like, where do you recommend um, for people to kind of start saying, okay, this is how I'm going to launch my show. Let's say it's a new show. And they're like, I need to create a community here. We're going to get this out there. What would be the steps? So oftentimes if you're, if you have been doing your podcast for, for a while, you can go to, um, there are platforms that 
are content aggregators and you may not be aware, but your podcast is already out there and you may already have some audience there and uh, check it out. Uh, even on CastBox, people sometimes um, never know that podcast is out there and sometimes there is audience and people leave comments and this is already a good start. You can, you know, talk to these people, you can interact with them in this comment section. Um, so that's one, you know, check out the platforms and check out where your podcast is available. Uh, because again, algorithm may be through the algorithm that your podcast may be already available on many, many other platforms. Um, yeah. And then, uh, again, after the pandemic, I, I found so many, um, meetups, so many, um, in person, in real life meetings where people just, uh, meet and talk about some nerdy things. And uh -huh. yeah, they can, they can be your, uh, your first, uh, supporters. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I also want to ask you about international growth. Like I have a show with 300 episodes and it's all in English and I would love to reach other markets. But when I think about how do I get this whole thing in Spanish or how do I, what are some things you can share with people around making more of an imprint? Because I would love it if I could just snap my fingers and my whole show is in Spanish or in Chinese. Um, but I imagine there's a process to that. Yeah. So um, what we do at, oh, with my team, um, we talk to so many creators every day who want to grow their audience and different markets who want to become international. So I would say first step is always, if your content is in English, but you are looking to grow outside the U.S., you can probably start looking at other markets, uh, English-speaking markets, because those are most mature markets for the podcasting and those markets, they have got most audiences. But also there are some countries such as North Europe, such as Germany, where people really, really responsive to content in English. They do listen to English content a lot. So I normally say first step, even before you start doing this localization, even before you translate your uh, show into other languages, just try to find your audiences in other markets and you know just a life hack um i spoke to a show about soccer soccer show like created by the u.s team and they mostly promoted the show in the u.s but the show was live around the world cup um and definitely there are so many people outside the US who were interested in this particular topic during the World Cup. So it was very relevant and everyone would listen to the show. And just um as a little life hack I wanted to share, um, if you let's say you start with promoting your show, your show on uh on Apple Podcast, you uh, it's good to be featured there, definitely. It's very hard, but it's it always helps. Uh, what you can do, you can pitch to local team in the U.S., but also just uh, 
there are local teams in every respective country. If it's a big country with a decent amount of listeners, you can try to pitch to uh, the the teams, the teams of content curators um, outside the U.S. And who knows, you may be lucky one day. Um, so you, that you're talking about at, at Apple, like if you can look on LinkedIn and figure out like who's on the Apple podcast growth team or podcast featuring team, like what team would it be? Uh, yeah. So, uh, every in Apple podcast, they have local teams in every country. So if your show for some reason, it's like, let's say, uh, talking about soccer, you can tr- definitely go out to, uh, to, try to pitch to the team in the UK why not um because it's such a big big thing here in Europe mm, how cool i feel like there's so many little tips like that that i have no idea exist and those of you who have taken my career clarity lab course which i think a lot of you listening have there's like a tutorial in there on how to use linkedin as a tool to find people and it's not just about networking it's about being very strategic with who you find i feel like this is where that tool kicks in. It's like, can you look at Apple Podcast? Who's the head of it in different countries? Um, would you say maybe, you know, there's websites like Chartable that kind of show your podcast ranking. Would it be helpful to kind of see like what markets you're growing in perhaps to say, hey, yeah. I'm rocking mm-hmm. in this market. Yeah, I'm yeah. Or is there Hopefully. anything people could say to make them more excited about your pitch? Because I'm imagining the head of Apple Podcasts and whatever country is, is thinking to themselves, we hear pitches all day long. Um, what for you makes somebody stand out? So I've never worked for Apple, just, yeah. you know, I just spoke well, yeah, here. I so and I, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know like how exactly the decision-making process works, but from what I heard, uh, they definitely, they are, do, uh, well, uh, you, you can just go out and find the workshops. So Apple team, they run workshops on and where they teach, actually, they teach podcasters how to pitch and how to um, how to stand out. But uh, again, from what I know, it has to be uh, your episode or your show. This has to be very timely. For example, if it's Black History Month and if your show is relevant, definitely try to pitch in this particular moment. Or if you're bringing a celebrity on the show and this celebrity probably starred in biggest Netflix comedy or biggest Netflix show or whatever show, Mm -hmm. uh, and you have the celebrity on the podcast, this is definitely something that the audience will be interested in. And I'm sure the team that is in charge of content curation, they will consider that. Mm. Okay. That's a really fun tip. I'm going to be taking this one with me personally. So thank you for that. Um, Okay. So I know that there's, you know, international growth opportunities. Obviously we can be doing cold outreach. We can do cross pollination with other podcasters. Um, I love what you said about being timely Um, I think that that's something that maybe not everybody thinks about. We're just kind of busy interviewing guests as podcasters. We're not thinking, well, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Let's create mental health awareness. Exactly. Podcast. um, And that really adds to pitching. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about creativity. Like a lot of people probably are listening, thinking like there's podcasts galore. How do I be creative? How do I be different? One of the first steps that I normally recommend is 
go and listen to shows in your category. And again, you should be doing this not for the market analysis. Um, you should be doing this for a very simple reason. Once you listen to people talking about your topic, your theme, you may be inspired by their thoughts. Um, and uh, you may find something that, uh, that resonates with you. And this may, um, may create this little spark uh, which you may use in creating your content. So go out there, try to listen to as many podcasts that are in this niche. Uh, try to uh, try to um, just 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 go there, keep listening, and um, at some point, at some point, something starts coming to you. And if you are a beginner, and if you if your first step will be something that is very similar to someone else's content, this is fine. Uh, if it's not completely, you know, um, new idea, if you will be talking about the subject that someone already talked about, it's totally fine. It's just the first step and you have, you know, to start with something. Mm, I love that. And one thing that um, I do for my own creativity is I feel like when you're really busy and you have too much on your calendar, it's really hard to be creative because you're doing, you're not being there's, you know, so much research on why, why do we get such good ideas when we're standing there in the shower? It's because we're doing nothing. So sometimes just doing, you don't need to do anything to be creative. That's the real problem is doing so much. Um, okay. So I know there's all sorts of different shows out there. One hack that I have found to stand out on Apple is, and, and, and this is a, a fun little hack for all of you podcasters. I change my podcast category based on what categories are more, um, competitive. So if, if I like, you know, I know that the spirituality, religion, mental health, fitness, wellness, those are really competitive categories. And there is an argument to be made that you can fit into so many different categories. I mean, it's really just how you look at it. So, so every now and again, we'll change our category and we rank higher in the Apple charts and that translates into more organic traffic. So I know CastBox has a part of the market share of people who are listening to podcasts. How do you stand out as a podcaster on CastBox? What would be some ideas specifically with your platform? I loved your hack, by the way. This is so smart. Thank you. Um, so for CastBox, I would say, again, uh, CastBox is not the only platform in this world. And there are some hacks that you have to think about if you're putting your content out there. Um, your it's important to have great artwork, great you know promotional assets, uh, title subtitle to your show and show notes. Whenever your you have your podcast on the mobile device, just think of mobile device can be really tiny, mm. you know, and once. Um, it has to be visible for the audience. Your artwork, it has to be readable. Your 
title cannot be too long. It has to be very concise again. And people, once they see your content in the app, they it's good if they have an idea what is it about right away. So that's that's the first step. And like uh, too many, I've seen so many podcasters that just ignore this part. Um, another thing, how to stand out? Uh, yeah, we just do we do um, we do theme selections. Uh, this month is uh, we're recording in May, and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. We are running mental health selections in many different countries. Uh, so that's one one way. And if you feel that your content is relevant, if it's um, if it's uh, Women's History Month, definitely reach out to us and pitch. And um, yeah, you have a, you have a good chance that uh, you may be selected. Mm, beautiful. Okay. Um, I've asked you so many things about growing your show, picking a show, being creative. What have I not asked you before we go that you would like everyone to know? Maybe it's a hack. Maybe it's just something to think about. Um, or maybe I've just asked you so many questions. There's nothing left. Um, you tell me. I just feel like this has been so useful. I'm excited to bring some of these tips into my show today. I would love to probably add, you know, uh, when we talked about international growth and if you are at the because Obviously, uh, depending on the category, in many categories, market is kind of maturing in the U.S. And some of the shows, they want to go overseas to seek for the new audiences, which probably makes sense. And I would say uh, when you go overseas, um, because all the countries are different and the U.S. is very unique example of a mature market for podcast listenership but if you want to grow overseas just the on this on any particular market just look at what people are listening on what kind of platforms they use because if you go to developing markets the breakdown is different uh ios is probably 20 30 percent 20-30% of population, they use Apple devices. And the rest, they will be on Android. And let's say you would like to go in Latin America, in Brazil. Uh, in Brazil, the primary platform for podcast listenership is YouTube because YouTube has been out there for a long time. Everyone knows that. So once you figure out what's the major platforms for this particular market that you're interested in just try to think do you need to adjust your content maybe you don't have maybe you have to localize it to translate it and then you may even need to you know think of doing a video cast not just a podcast just audio uh, because this will be like much more relevant to local audience Okay. This has been so useful. Um, as far as CastBox goes, just since you're over there, what would you say is different about it? Because um, I know people kind of think like, I'm just going to go listen to a podcast anywhere. Why would somebody come listen on CastBox? What do you think that you guys have going that's a little bit different for all of us to consider? Um, because I have the CastBox app. I listen to shows on there. Um, you know, What would you say is unique? Well, thank you so much for being our devoted user. 
that's amazing. So CastBox uh, is different from other apps because it has very, very uh, useful user interface. Uh, we spend so many times, so many years working on this being, being very uh, intuitive. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not as basic as other apps. It's not basic. So you can, if you are an advanced podcast listener, then CastBox is a good choice for you because you can manage your subscriptions, you can manage your playlists, you have all these different functions um, that you may need for creating comfortable um, listening experience. Mm. Thank you so much for coming onto the show for sharing where can everybody find you or keep learning from you you have so many good hacks thank you so much uh you can find me on linkedin i'm valentina caladina on linkedin uh or you can find me on instagram which is at tina caladina thank you so much Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.